Was everybody today great to see you all here and to welcome you online? As you may have noticed, today is World Communion Sunday. One day a year, we remember and celebrate that we are all God's children across the globe, that God loves us the same regardless of our size, shape, color, that we're all children of God. So as you leave today, you might want to go under the tree. There's the beautiful map where many of you sent in pictures of your favorite place in the world. Um, and there'll be special treats out under the tree. Also, at the very end of this service, right after the benediction, we're going to show you the slideshow of all those pictures because the ones out on the map are pretty small. So if you want to stay and see your friends from this congregation, all the great places where they have been, We'll do that right at the end. Tomorrow is the deadline for the middle school and high school retreat. Are y'all go, going? Woo -woo. Yes, nice. All right, so tomorrow you uh, get that in for October 16th and 17th. Next Sunday, we want to have your blood. The blood mobile will be here. If you can give, you know they so desperately need that. I want to give you an update, a sad update that Jen Hatmaker, who we have been waiting to come for a year because of COVID, got pushed back, is getting pushed back again. But this time it's Jen and her team with some COVID concerns. If you have a ticket, hang on to it, dust it off, put it on your bulletin board. We will um, reschedule her probably in the fall of next year. It will be a great, great celebration. Good things come to those who wait, right? Yes, so um, here's a little invitation. We need a few more volunteers in the sound booth. I know if you look back there right now, you go, well, look, wave, don't duck, wave, everybody. It doesn't seem like there would be room for you. Ah, but there is. We wanna be on a rotation with our volunteers. We wanna cross train. There are things like you will learn really, really cool stuff, like how to run the camera, or how to do the soundboard, or even how to put all the things on the screen that they put on the screen for us. And here's the best part. They are really fun to hang out with, and they train us. So you don't have to have any skill at all. You just have to be able to read a calendar and go, oh, it's my Sunday. I should get there early. Not much early, but a little bit early. So check, um, contact Matt Liddell if you're interested in helping in that way. You can email him or you can call the front office or you can tap his shoulder as you're leaving today. Well, we have six new members to celebrate today and we're gonna show you their pictures and I, if you are in this service, please stand up because I don't know who's in which service. First is Karen Camp. Nice, welcome Karen. Judy Kiley. Marlo King. Patricia Rollins. Kathleen Shin. And Leslie Gillis. Girl power. Right? Yeah, that's great. Um, if you see them, please welcome them. Um, and if you, too, want to learn about becoming a new member, Pastor Mingy is going to be having a quick class. It's like an hour next Sunday at 10.15 in the chapel. And I will sign your permission slip to leave this service just for one Sunday only for next week to attend that important meeting. That's all my announcements for today. Let's stand up and greet one another, and don't be afraid to walk over and say hi to someone new. All right, good morning, everybody. 
worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise, shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves. Sing to the God who always makes a way Cause he hung upon that cross Then he rose upon that grave My God still rolling stones away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet Shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord our God is surely in this place We won't be quiet We'll shout out your praise We were the beggars Now we're royalty We were the prisoners Now we're running free We are forgiven, accepted Redeemed by His grace let the house of the Lord sing praise. We are the beggars, now we're royalty. We are the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Put your hands together. This joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We're gonna shout out your praise. Shout out your God is greater, our God is stronger, 
Um, did you notice this gorgeous table that Christine Elliott put together for us? Always sitting quietly in the back. Thank you for sharing your gifts in such a tangible and beautiful way. Well, we're at that point in our service where we get to worship our awesome God with our tithes and our offering. As you know, there are lots of ways that you can give, including baskets on the table in the back as you're either entering or as you are leaving to go under the tree for the celebration. However you give, we hope that it is with generous hearts and with great gratitude. We know we are grateful for the way that you partner with us um, in our mission to love God and to love neighbor. So I'd like to invite the mic runners to come forward so that we can hear what's on your hearts and minds, both your joys and your concerns. And of course, um, as we hear those, we will respond with, Lord, hear our prayers. And would you, would you come a little closer to me just for a moment and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Gianna Falbo, and I'm a senior at Venice High School. Don't go. And? Hi, I'm Jaden Ray, and I'm also a senior at Venice High School. You should stay as well. And make sure when you get these mics to, I think, put them up pretty close. Is that right, guys? Yes, when you guys share your concerns. How can we be praying on this day? First, I'd like to share a joy. Yay. I have one. <laughs> we'll take it. I just got to spend a week in Pennsylvania with my family, my 95-year-old mother, who's doing quite well, and my sister and my sister-in-law. Oh, nice. nice. And then I'd like us to pray for my stepdaughter. Her name is Christina. She goes by Chris. She's back in the hospital with um, fluid in her lungs, and they don't know why this keeps recurring. 
and she also has bone cancer. So we pray for her. Thank you. We celebrate with you with your safe travels and time together with family. And of course, we'll pray for Chris and for all those um, who are suffering from cancer and other illness. Lord, hear our prayers. Jane. Um, I just have a praise. Gianna mentioned last week that my niece was in a hit and run um, car accident. And just a praise that she is fully okay. Yay. So, total miracle. And what's her first name? Haven. Haven. What a great name. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, hear our prayers. Maybe that should be hear our praise. Yeah, hear our praise. All right. How else can we be praying on this day? Does that elbow count, Ethan? Is that an elbow hand raise? Oh, you know, it's like COVID. I'm like, that could be a hand raise. You don't know. It's a safe hand raise. All right. Anything else? Well, then, um, I have a prayer um, to put before you all. Um, We have some news to share that our longtime friend, and um, I don't know what all his titles are, but my sweet friend, Mike McCullough, is leaving us. And now we can boo and hiss now. Ready? Boo! Especially from the sound booth. No, he has this great opportunity to work side by side with his wife, and it includes worshiping with his daughter, and his daughter is in that ministry, and it is a great, great move for him. It was not easy for Mike. He's been with us, um, is it seven years? Six years. And I know you don't even see him that much because he's hiding in the booth. You have no idea what this man does, and it's why he wears rollerblades, <laughs> because he's all over this campus taking care of us in a multitude of ways. And we are going to miss you. You know how much. It's just hard, hard to say goodbye. This is just a little token of our appreciation, and we love you. Oh, and we wish you all of God's speed in your journey. And this is from Wait, my boss. You gave Thank him, you. Um, you gave him a mic? Wait, no. No, I picked one up. I, oh. I at least know to look for one. Yeah. So, but I really have enjoyed. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> I really have enjoyed being here. It uh, really was a hard decision because I enjoy what I do here. And everyone here has been so amazing to me and uh, my family and I really appreciate appreciate all of you, and we'll miss you. Yeah. So Mike has, um, he's the epitome of the servant's heart, and we will get to see him next Sunday. He's just being gracious and kind and sort of going to watch what we do, and he's going to not touch anything, but just be that wisdom, and so he's um, willing to do that as well. From time to time as we need it, hopefully next Sunday. So you can say goodbye again next Sunday, but we wanted to publicly do this today. And with that, can I hold your hand and we'll pray? All right, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful, Lord, for the way you move in our lives, the way you bring people to us like Mike McCullough, who gives everything he has, who gives it all with this spirit of generosity and kindness and service. We pray, Lord, that you would move in each one of us, that we too could have a servant's heart, that we could be used to comfort those who need comfort, to give peace, to give encouragement, and to just share your love in a world that so desperately needs it. So we ask, Lord, that you be with each one of us, fill us up, send us out. We are yours. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Alex Fafeas, and I'm a senior at Sarasota Military Academy. Our first scripture passage comes from Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways, by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. 
He is sustained by all things in his powerful world. When he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, becoming as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The second passage comes from Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time of the dinner, he sent his slave to say those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they are all alike, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have just been married, and therefore I have not come. Please accept my regrets. Another, so the slave returned and reported to his master. The owner of the house became very angry and said to his slave, Go at once into the streets and the lanes of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, and the blind. And the slave said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the lanes, and compel people to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who are invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Alex. Is that a gator shirt you're wearing? <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's pray quick. <clears throat> Thanks, O oh God, for um, this day, for this World Communion Day, for your word, for what your word may say to us even now. And we ask, O oh God, that these words will point to that word and to the word made flesh in Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So Carl Rowan died some 20 years ago. <clears throat> and 20 years is long enough to forget a person. But in his day, Carl Rowan was a remarkable servant to our country. He, growing up in the Jim Crow South, he figured out a way to get himself to college. He was one of the first African Americans to serve as a commissioned officer in the United States Navy. Fast forward to 1961, he was appointed Deputy Assistant Secretary of State by President John F. Kennedy, served as a delegate to the United Nations during the Cuban Missile Crisis later became an ambassador to Finland, and later was appointed director of the United States Information Agency. He became the first African-American to hold a seat on the National Security Council. Later, he became a prize-winning columnist and was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Rowan would often speak of the influence of a particular person in his life, a woman named Bessie Gwynne. Bessie Gwynne was a school teacher that Rowan had while growing up in McMinnsville, Tennessee. She was an English teacher there at the high school, and young Carl Rowan was her student. She taught Rowan Shakespeare and Chaucer and Milton and the scriptures. She taught Carl about similes, metaphors, and good grammar. When Bessie, his teacher, turned 85, she was to be honored at a testimonial dinner by a group of her students and teachers, and Carl was invited to come and say a few words. As fate would have it, he had invited, been invited also on the same night to attend a White House dinner hosted by then-President Jimmy Carter. How often in a lifetime do you get invited to a, a White House dinner? Rowan sat down and wrote this letter in response to the President's invitation. Dear Mr. President, I received your letter three days after I agreed to speak a few words at a dinner honoring the wonderful high school teacher who taught me how to write. I know you will not miss me at your dinner, but she might at hers. Sincerely yours, Carl Rowan. President Carter wrote back, Dear Mr. Rowan, presidents come and go, but a good teacher lasts a lifetime. A good teacher lasts a lifetime. 
It may not take long for us to come up with a name or two of teachers who have made a significant difference in our lives, grade school teachers, high school teachers, college professors, counselors, pastors, music teachers, folks that, that, get, that, that caught us in the formative years of life and etched into us the great lessons by which we've lived. Mrs. Gerlinger taught me how to write. Mr. Zilke taught me how to study. Mr. Shoplin taught me what it meant to be a leader. My, my college chaplain taught me what it meant to follow Jesus. By God's good grace, I've been given the chance to return to some of my Hall of Fame teachers and face-to-face have shared with them about what their life and teaching meant to me. And to a person, they have all been somewhat dumbfounded, shocked that their classroom efforts have resulted in such gratitude. A good teacher lasts a lifetime. Now, when we think of this list of teachers we've had in our life, most of us, most of the ones that usually show up on our list are ones that we did not even choose for ourselves, but were chosen for us. Most of the teachers in school that were assigned to me were ones that I didn't even know about. I just happened to be in their course, and I learned what kind of a difference they could make in my life. But there comes a time in your life when you're given the chance to choose your teacher, to to put yourself under the influence of another. I remember trying out for my high school basketball team. Coach Black was the coach, and Coach Black was one of the best basketball coaches in the state, had one of the best winning records in the state. Unfortunately, my fellow teammates and I managed to tarnish his record a good bit. So when you tried out for his team and managed to get invited onto Dick Black's team, you were in for a good bit of discipline and a whole lot of hard work. And, and when you chose to play on Coach Black's team, you were signing up really to a way of life. Certain drills, certain training, certain plays, certain defensive schemes. And strangely, this was not negotiable. Drills were not negotiable, practices were not negotiable, plays were not negotiable, and if you were interested in debating the merits of these things, you were welcome to, but only after you handed in your uniform and cleaned out your locker. You chose this man as your teacher, and you submitted to his teaching. Good teachers last a lifetime, and some of those teachers, we choose Conversely, I remember not long after graduating from seminary and starting off as a pastor and not really making a whole lot of money and not really understanding how to best manage the little money that I had, a friend set me up to talk to a financial advisor to help set me onto a good path of financial management. So we sat down and we looked at my situation, how much was coming in, how much was going out, how much was staying in the bank. And at the end of it all, the financial advisor said to me, Reverend, and he knew I was a reverend, the best advice I can give you is to give less of your money away. Huh. Does he know who he's talking to? A Presbyterian pastor? Give less of your money away? This is amazing. And in that moment of my young years, he was presenting me a really stark choice of one path or another. Keep give, and I get to choose. A good teacher, and I suppose a bad teacher, lasts a lifetime. So the writer of the Hebrews, an author unidentified, writes his letter to make the case that the rabbi Jesus, the teacher Jesus, whose short three-year ministry across the region of Palestine, which resulted in his being crucified at the joint hands of the Romans and his own people, but whose resurrection appearances had been reported and his ascension had been witnessed to, the writer to the Hebrews makes the case in his letter that it is the teacher Jesus who is the good teacher the one teacher, the only teacher. He is the reflection of God's glory and every imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word, he writes. Listen to that sentence again. He writes, Jesus is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being and he sustains all things by his powerful word. He sustains all things by his powerful word. Now that is quite a claim. 
quite an endorsement, and most of all, quite a choice. Is this the good teacher who lasts a lifetime? It's one of the things I hate about the Bible, is that it is very direct in presenting us with clear choices. And the clear choices end up often being hard choices. And when I mean hard choices, I mean the kind of choices where the claim is pretty clear, and now I have to decide whether I believe it. And if in believing it, whether I'm going to do something about it. At the beginning of the Gospels, they tell us that Jesus begins his ministry by walking around and saying to these somewhat spiritually curious men, come follow me. Come follow me. What he doesn't say, the good teacher, what the good teacher doesn't say is, hey, you know, I know you're busy, and I know you've got a million things to do, and I know you probably don't have the time, but if you could see fit to open up maybe an hour or so each month, you know, to help me out with this little project I'm working on, that would be swell. It's not what Jesus says. The good teacher says, come follow me. And Scripture says they dropped their nets, and they followed him. They signed on to the program. They submitted to the teaching. They made this choice for this teacher of a lifetime. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his brilliant book, The Cost of Discipleship, wrote that when Jesus says, follow me, and presents himself as the teacher of a lifetime, Bonhoeffer says that people suddenly become aware, when they hear this invitation of Jesus, they suddenly become aware of all their other responsibilities and duties. And they are loath to part with them. But this is only, Bonhoeffer writes, a cloak to protect them from having to make a decision. It's sort of what happens in the parable in which Jesus tells us about the person who's throwing a dinner party, and he sends out the invites, and the invites are received, and then all of a sudden the responses come back, and the responses come back with all the reasons for why the dinner just doesn't quite fit. Yeah, I've got a real estate deal I'm closing that day, I just bought a new animal I have to train, I just got married, blah, blah, blah. Nothing wrong with any of those things except that these people, it seems, are protecting themselves from having to make a decision. And of course, the irony to it all is that what they're saying no to is a feast, a party, a good time, the good dinner hosted by the good host, the good teacher. So they equivocate. You know, I can't do the whole thing, Jesus, but can I come for the hors d'oeuvres? Can't, you know, can I get dessert to go? Maybe we can have coffee next week. But the good teacher says, that's not what you're invited for. You're invited for the feast. You're invited to the word that sustains life. You're invited to the teaching of a lifetime. I suppose it's something to think about on World Communion Sunday. World Communion Sunday gets, got started a long time ago by one of the great statesmen of the church, Hugh Thompson Kerr, a good Presbyterian who sought to find a way to encourage the world, the worldwide church, to gather at, the Christ, at Christ's table and in their respective communions celebrate our oneness in Christ on the first Sunday of October. He called it Worldwide Communion to signify our oneness in Christ, that Christ draws us together no matter how different we might be. That was nine, almost 90 years ago, and here we are again, 2021, first Sunday of October, back at World Communion Sunday. But I wonder if there isn't something else to think about when Jesus invites us, invites the worldwide church to this table. And what I wonder is, if there isn't a decision Jesus wants us to make, if there isn't a choice of teachers that's in front of us, do you want me, Jesus asks, as your teacher? When you come to the table, do you want me as your teacher? Carl Rowan could have, had, could have been at table with the President of the United States, or he could have sat at table with Bessie Gwynn, and he chose the good teacher. Don't you think the world really does hang on the hinge of what table we choose to sit at? 
what table we, what teacher we choose to dine with, what coach we invite to discipline us. Don't you think that the world and all its woes just won't not get any better unless we submit ourselves to Jesus' teaching? Not, not just the hors d'oeuvres, not just the cake to go, but the feast, the feast, the teaching that sustains all things. In Jeffrey Marx's great book, Season of Life, he tells the story of Joe Ehrman, former lineman for the Baltimore Colts, who had an early age, was taught by his father that the most important thing for him to learn was how to fight. So every night they would go down into the basement, they'd put on their boxing gloves, and they'd spar with each other. Joe learned how to get to the other guy before he gets to you. A philosophy that comes in pretty handy when you're preparing yourself to become a defensive lineman in the NFL. Joe became a star, got on the fast track of the best cars, best houses, best women, best whatever. But in the midst of it all, his best friend, his brother, was dying. And when the unthinkable happened, when his young brother died of cancer, Joe discovered that he had lost the most important thing that mattered in his life, his brother. And now he was gone. The most important relationship in his life was gone. But somewhere in the midst of all that, someone introduced him to the teacher, Jesus. And Joe read about the teacher, Jesus, read every word the teacher, Jesus, spoke. And then he realized it's either this teacher or some other teacher. But it can't be both. Jesus wasn't asking us to squeeze him in to the list of teachers we have. So Joe chose. Joe took his seat at the table and started into the feast. And now you find Joe where, Joe where Joe thinks Jesus is in inner city Baltimore working with kids and parents. You see Joe responsible for community centers and homes for kids with cancer. And for a while you even saw Joe coaching a high school football team. One of the best high school football teams in the state were on the practice field. He would tell his young men that the true measure of a man was not what he acquired. It was not what he fought for. The true measure of a man was what he did with his relationships how he respects people, how he treats his fellow human beings, how he cares for the least. Mother asked Joe how the boys were going to be this season, and Joe said back, this season? Well, I'm not worried about this season. I'm not worried about this year. I'm worried about 10 years from now. I'm worried about how they'll treat their wives. I'm worried about how they'll be fathers to their children and how often they go to church. That's what I'm worried about. When his team would get ready to run onto the field for a game, he'd whip them up into a frenzy, you know, just like they do at the beginning of every game, and he'd get them to the final the climax, and Joe would scream at the climax at all to the team. Not, not a question about fighting to the death, not a question about how hard they were going to hit them, but Joe would scream at them a question, and the question was this, what's my job? And the team would yell back, your job is to love us. And then he'd ask the next question, what's your job? And they say, our job is to love each other. Now, is that a way to run a football team? Yeah, Joe would say. And it wouldn't be because of the 13 state championships. Because we all know those really are beside the point. It's the only way to run a football team because it's the only way to live. It's the teaching that sustains life from the host of the feast, from the good teacher, the one who lasts a lifetime. So friends, you are invited this day to come to this table hosted by the good teacher. And we see that you're getting those little packets out, which is good. You've been learning along the way and you want to make sure to tear off the bread part first and then the juice part after that. And then you're going to put those back in the baggie when you're done and you're going to take them with you or throw them away on the way out. But back to the invitation. <laughs> 
you are invited, my friends, to come to this table because here the good teacher welcomes you by his grace, invites you into his communion, and then seeks to instruct us as to how to live. So come and find here the presence of the good teacher and know that in God's presence, in the presence of Christ, we are being shaped and being made into the children he wishes us to be. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I received with the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. When you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that through the bread we break together and the cup we share, may we retell our common stories and reshape our common bonds and remember our common grace together wherever we are in the world, all in the communion of the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, the one in whose life and death you have united us all in love. Lord, as we gather around this sacred meal everywhere and in every place, linking arms with our brothers and sisters from every race, ethnicity, and nationality, bless us all, your children. Help us to celebrate our differences, O Lord, our names, our languages, our looks, and our way of doing things as this beautiful diversity is needed to best reflect your reflection. Although unique, may we remember that we are one in you, that we are united in love with you, and so may we be one with all who share this feast on this day of all days with all your children at every corner of your table in every corner of the world. May we be united by your love united in hope, united in vision, united in purpose, united in ministry in all times and in every place. All this we ask in the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us feast together the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. is calling Have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Please stand we'll Come to the altar Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness Bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
high on regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes, a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness is bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Come to the altar Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen Oh, what a Savior Isn't He wonderful? Sing hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before Him For He is Lord Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Come to the altar Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. Friends, the invitation has been extended, and now we all get to choose. Will we follow Jesus with our whole lives? And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Thank you.